You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we're going to be revisiting the Antonio Reeves saga for what feels like the millionth time. We are going, we've gone back and forth over and over as to what Reeves is uh, potentially going to do, and we have a new update in the Reeves saga going to dive into that. Also, Kentucky football's 2024 SEC schedule has been announced, and I want to give my thoughts on it today. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Bird Dogs. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. You can go to birddogs.com slash college, and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Really appreciate Bird Dogs for sponsoring today's episode. So let's go ahead and get into it. According to reports, Antonio Reeves is enrolled in classes at Illinois State. Now, this was something that I believe came out just a couple of weeks ago uh, and was not confirmed by anybody, and it was assumed that the uh, the class logs or whatever it was was old, and here we are now. It's been confirmed by several sources, including Jeff Goodman uh, on Twitter. This is uh this is one it, it's a clear direction that I think Reeves is taking here and he's trying to get all of the credits that he needs to become a graduate transfer and he's wrapping up school therefore so I, I can only make the assumption then we're probably not going to hear an answer from uh, Antonio Reeves as to what he is going to be doing uh, whether it be staying in the, with the Wildcats or leaving the program and entering the transfer portal Probably not going to hear about that uh, for a while if he's still currently in classes. Now we can speculate on uh, how long it's going to take him, you know, whether or not it's July, mid-June, or not mid-June, late June. We're already in mid-June when this could be announced. But I, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say that he's probably not going to be making this decision if he's enrolled in summer classes again at Illinois State, his previous school. It's going to be a minute before he makes a decision. So I, I think it's very clear the path that Kentucky needs to take from this point forward. If uh, there's not going to be any news, any reports, any any discussion about what Antonio Reeves is doing publicly, um, even if the staff doesn't really have a good idea, they need to do what they needed to do with Oscar Shibway with, I'm going to argue here, a less significant player, and they need to go out and they need to get other, they need to get somebody to fill the role. It's plain and simple, whether that be Joey Hart, if that's the guy that they just kind of think that's going to kind of fill those minutes there, whether it be, I don't know who they could look at in the transfer portal right now, whether it be getting somebody else to reclassify. Apparently, Kentucky is stuck on getting a bunch of freshmen and nothing else in this year's for this year's team. I don't know what they're going to do, but a point being, if Antonio Reeves has not yet made his decision and it is currently June 15th, 2023, and he wants to be a grad transfer and go somewhere else, um, you know what, Kentucky needs to move on. This is not that big of a deal, especially if Reeves has uh, kind of decided that he wants to waffle back and forth on this, which what it's what it feels like. That's why you can hear the kind of the frustration in my voices. You know, it's a, it's a prestigious university, one of the best college basketball programs in America, and I don't know what the Kentucky's doing on their end, so I, I can't speak to that. I don't know what's going on with the Wildcats and how they are handling this, whether they're, being, they're treating him fairly or not. 
or if it's a situation where Reeves just simply doesn't want to compete for playing time, I, I don't know what the situation is here. Regardless of how Kentucky has handled this up to this point, they need to move on. They need to find somebody else to go get and pick up. I think that if he wants to continue to think about this and continue to explore options and now enroll in summer classes, it's June. Man, we got to move on. We got to get this roster going because we play in another country here in just a few short weeks, and we have to have a roster. Um, so if you want if you don't want to be a part of that, you know what, you, you can go ahead and hit the trail. Go to Illinois. Go to North, North, North Carolina. Uh, I don't really care at, at this point. If that's the decision he wants to make, then he needs to go ahead and just, Kentucky needs to go ahead and just kick him out the door or tell him to come on in and stay. It's important, I think, that Kentucky has him return. I want to be clear. I think it's important if Antonio Reeves is import, is a part of next year's team. I would like for him to be a part of next year's team. But this is this is almost worse than what Shibway was doing because now it's even past what Oscar Shibway had done. It's, it's a longer period of time. We're just sitting here and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to get a clear answer on whether or not we've got the oldest player on roster by a mile returning next season. And there are some pros and cons. We've discussed those on the show. In fact, I believe a fan-sided article recently released their pros and cons of uh, Reeves coming back. And I want to kind of briefly reiterate some of those here today because, I mean, it would be, it would, I don't want to say it's crucial. It would be important if Antonio decided to return for one more year with Big Blue Nation. The pro, I think, is very clear. Um, he could be a, a part of this offense that um, is is valued when it comes to three-point shooting. I think that he is definitely one of the better combo guards in the SEC, at least preseason, if he decides to return. He showed the ability to do a lot of different things at UK last season, especially uh, to heat up uh, at different times late in the season. He got really, really good at that. He would be one of the leaders on this offense, I think. Uh, now, we've talked about recently on the show about what defines a leader and whether or not Antonio Reeves or Shibway is that. I'm going to stick to what I said, what Clint Darden said, uh, which is I don't necessarily know if Reeves would be a leader on next year's team just simply because he's a senior. But I will say I think that he would be a scoring leader. I think that he would be an efficiency leader for the Wildcats next season if he did decide to return. So the pro here could be a feature of the offense, if not a prominent one, depending on how the other freshmen play out. Um, but apparently, uh, Reeves doesn't want to doesn't want to have to practice with a bunch of five stars. He does not want smoke. Uh, it seems like, to be honest with you, and I would love, I would love for him to return to Kentucky and prove me wrong. I would love for him to do that. But we've had minimal reporting on this. We've had minimal discussion about what's actually going on here. But what we do know is that he has not come back to Kentucky yet. He's not announced that he is. And he's currently doing something that very clearly indicates that he wants to take a grad transfer route. So I don't know if Kentucky's not paying him enough. I don't know if the role is something that he's not pleased with. It's very set. And I think it's very straightforward what he has to do. He just has to go in and, and, and play. And if he doesn't want to do that, you know, man, get out. Like, like that's, the, <laughs> that's the the end of the end of the road here. I'm surprised that Kentucky's let this go on for this long without getting somebody else, and maybe Joey Hart, again, is that kid that kind of helps replace it a little bit. And then there's the cons, and this is an excerpt from a fan-sided article. I want to read this real quick. Uh, there's also the makeup of the roster that could impact Reeves significantly. These are freshmen that have expectation of, of ro large roles themselves on offense. That's especially true for both Dillingham and Wagner, two guards known for being ball-dominant. We've talked about this a lot on the show. 
And if Edwards is a quality small forward and Bradshaw has most of his minutes at the four spot, Reeves could end up being on the bench again. My biggest reason why Reeves should stay is that the known of Kentucky basketball is safer than the unknown at another stop. But considering the massive turnover, roster turnover, and the many variables that come with playing many freshmen, the selling point becomes somewhat negated. And I agree with that. I understand that. But again, I, I, I go back to, I feel like it's pretty clear, like, like the author of the Fansider article notes, it's pretty straightforward. Kentucky offers you a spot, regardless of whether that be bench or starting, you are going to come in and you are going to be a shooter. You're going to get your touches, man. Like that, That's clear. You're going to get your touches. Um, in the rotations, we will find a way to do that. Even with Dillingham and Wagner in the game, like we, we will find opportunities for you and we're going to pay you on top of that is a place like Illinois is a place like North Carolina is a place like Michigan really better. Is it more stable than what you have with the Wildcats? And if you're looking at potentially winning and winning in the NCAA tournament, are those places? And I understand, I understand what's gone on with Kentucky recently. Are those places going to offer you more? Not, I'm not saying, will they offer you as much? I'm saying, will they offer you more? I'm just curious to see to know what the heck is going on with Antonio Reeves right now. Um, but it's clear he's, he's stepping away from the program. It, at the very least, it, it, it feels like he has stepped away uh, because of the little bits and pieces of things that we've seen uh, out of his decision-making. So... If you've got any thoughts on that, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. I want to talk about this 2024 schedule here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Bird Dogs. I actually had a friend on Wednesday text me and let me know he's at the beach uh, for a little bit of a, a vacation. And he's like, I've got my dogs on at the beach, and they're awesome. He literally he, he's listens to the show and uh, literally said, uh, Felt the need to reach out and tell me how awesome Bird Dogs was. And I'm going to tell you guys about how awesome they are. In case you don't know, Bird Dogs sh uh, shorts are stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give your leg a sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts also do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts on top of that that are made of like a stiff, restricting uh, stiff restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki pants or shorts but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They also have anti-stink sweat wicking fabric so that ke it keeps you cool and dry all day long. I can attest to this because of how often I wear the pairs that Bird Dogs sent me. I really enjoy them. Again, I've talked about this. I love the color. They're very beachy is a word I've used on the show. See a guy at the beach using them, really loving them. They're great. Absolutely phenomenal. They got that compression lining like Bird Dogs mentions. It feels good. It looks good. Very comfortable. And I, I would say that it's it's a step above people like Lululemon. You can go to birddogs.com slash college. And if you want to check them out and get an order of shorts or pants, you can get a free Yeti Styler, Styler, style tumbler. Wow. With your order. That's birddogs.com slash college. For a free Yeti style tumbler, you don't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Again, like I've reiterated over the past few shows, going to switch to three episodes of week a week. Not quite sure what days I'm going to do those. Going to try and do them Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I can't promise that. Obviously, we're doing one on Thursday here, so what do you know? Kentucky has been given 
their 2024 SEC slate. As we've mentioned here recently on the show, the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners are joining the conference next season. So therefore, the SEC felt it right to go ahead and announce which opponents who would be playing in their slate, their conference slate, uh, next season. And every single team gets to play either Oklahoma or Texas. And the Wildcats got Texas, and they got them on the road. Kentucky has four home games, four road games. Their four home games are South Carolina, Auburn, Georgia, Vanderbilt. Their four road games, Ole Miss, Florida, Tennessee, and Texas. I have a couple of thoughts here. First of all, as a Kentucky fan, I'm going to say it, and this may spark a little bit of controversy in the comments. I can understand and appreciate the direction that college football is going in. It does not mean I have to agree with it. It does not mean I have to get really excited about two teams that have absolutely no history with the program that I discuss joining the league. I quite frankly do not care that Texas and Oklahoma are here for the Wildcats. They've never played. They, they played Texas once. They've played Oklahoma, I believe, three times in their history. We've talked about that before on the show. They haven't played either of them in forever. And quite frankly, I don't care if they play the Wildcats or not. And the schedule is going to force them to play one of them every single year. So I guess that's interesting. I would have much rather had Texas than I would have Oklahoma because what does Norman, Oklahoma have to do with the Southeast? Nothing. It doesn't have anything to do with the South Southeast, and I believe that college football at, his be- at its best is a regional product. It is valued for its regionality and the cultures within it. And spreading your conference out and deciding to go further out towards the Midwest and picking up a team like Oklahoma, I, I think that it's a smart move financially, but I think it's a bad move when it comes to uh, getting fanfare and excitement for some of these matchups. I just don't... I just don't really care for Kentucky versus Oklahoma. That's a game that's tough. That's a game that Kentucky could struggle in. Oklahoma, or excuse me, Texas versus Kentucky, or Kentucky at like, on the road or not. I mean, that's a tough game. That's another game where you just have to say, man, this is just, a, just adding on to what is already a brutal schedule. And I know we've talked about the bowl eligibility thing in the past. That matters less to me now than, than it has before the more I think about it. I suppose having these teams on the schedule gives the Wildcats more opportunity to have success in an expanded playoff, but does that matter? Does that matter? How often is Kentucky going to be in contention for it? Let's be realistic with ourselves here. How long is Mark Stoops going to be here? Let's just be serious about it for a moment. And let's look at this schedule individually. I mean, you got three home games that you should feel pretty good about winning. South Carolina, Auburn, and Vanderbilt. That is, if Auburn doesn't just completely do a 180 and go back to what it was, in which case... You've got two games that you should feel semi-confident in, in South Carolina and Vanderbilt. And then those four road games, Ole Miss, Florida, Tennessee, Texas. Now, it's just difficult. And I understand that there may be some comments out there like, why would you want to shy away from competition? Why would you want to do this, that, and the other? We don't do that in the SEC. We already have to deal with what is already a brutal slate and at times, it's a lot of fun. It's nice to have the Kentuckys, the Tennessees, the Georgias, the Vanderbilts, the South Carolinas. Hey, look, we got to keep most of those for year one of the schedule. Let's see what it looks like in year two. Let's see what it looks like when Kentucky has to play the Texas A&Ms and the Oklahomas and the Texases and the Arkansas. These are teams that Kentucky doesn't have historic history with, I should say. And 
I understand that for the betterment of the conference, the schedule has to look like this, and everybody gets to play everybody. Woo, let's go. Awesome. And there's more money. Awesome. It just makes things for the mid to low tier teams in this in this league. It makes life a little bit more difficult. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can do all the things that you want to off the field. You can make all the investments you want to off the field. But if you aren't able to get past your schedule that now includes Oklahoma and Texas, you know, success is always going to be just right out of the, the reach of your program. And for a place like Kentucky, for having such a talented staff and having such a good recruiting staff, I think now, uh, it's going to be difficult for the Wildcats now uh, to kind of compete with these two teams within the conference. It's not going to be that different, but I think it'll definitely change it a little bit more. And when you look at how the university operates as a whole, going back to investment, nine times out of 10, I think that this university will favor basketball over football uh, when it comes to deciding how they invest their money and their time. And I, I truly believe that there is a world where Kentucky gets left behind again in a new SEC. They get left behind when it comes to success, attention, um, winning games, period. You know, you can have success off the field, but like to go back to what I was saying, if you can't get past these guys consistently, you're going to start to fade. And there are going to be teams like LSU, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia. Those are going to be the teams that are going to, I think, more often than not, rise above that challenge or at least find a way to stay afloat And if they aren't afloat, they will get back on the raft quickly. Teams like Kentucky, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Missouri, Mississippi State, Arkansas, those are going to be the teams that are left left behind at times, I think. You're going to see this over the next 20, 30 years. And I'm just curious to see what it all looks like for the University of Kentucky. I'm curious to see what it looks like for Mark Stoops over the next few years because let's also be clear, there's opportunity. Absolutely, there's opportunity here for Kentucky to take the reins, get better recruiting, win, and find themselves in a position that they've never found themselves in before. Consistently winning nine or ten games every single season because maybe the schedule offers that. Um, Quite frankly, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think that the schedule will continue to prove itself more and more difficult. And over time, uh, the Wildcats will find themselves, you know, hitting above a ceiling that they can't break. And so I, I think that. While this may be fun for some teams in the league, while this may be beneficiary for uh, beneficial for some teams in this league, uh, I don't think that this is a beneficial move for the for the University of Kentucky, and uh, I really do hope that I'm wrong. I really do hope that they're able to find some some uh, success over the next decade. So, if you've got any thoughts on UK their 2024 schedule uh, about the future of this league, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below, or you can hit me on the socials. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnUK. You can follow me on Twitter, at LanceDahl underscore. You can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Questions, comments, concerns, again, hit me on the socials. Leave them in the, in the uh, YouTube comments below. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.